do hello everyone today I am unboxing things and talking about micro seasons and talking about basics for freelance writers so it's kind of a grab bag it's gonna be fun I'm excited desk briar yay okay so I talk about subscription boxes fairly often because I like them. They're like presents that I give to myself, which is one of those self-care things that I think is really fundamentally important. So I currently do Causebox quarterly. I have a couple of others that I kind of just drop in and out of and I'll order months of periodically here and there. Causebox is the only one I've done a whole year of. And my fall box came last week. It's very exciting. Yay, fall. So I thought I would show you the box because presents are always fun. I so presents. Okay. So this big ass fucking box. Yay, box. And then there's a lovely bamboo cutting board, which is fun. And there were these tongs and I unwrapped this already, obviously. But kitchen tools. I'm a fan of kitchen tools. I'm a fan of any subscription box that doesn't send me a bunch of beauty shit that I'm not going to use because <laughs> obviously. So that one was, I believe, a standard product. And then Cosbox is like all the others, really. You have choice products. So this one is this big black slate charcoal charcoal I think it's charcoal charcoal waffle weave bathrobe which I'm reasonably excited about although it's I'm not quite sure it's actually autumn I'm already pretty excited about pulling out my fuzzy bathrobes but I will probably get more use out of this next year but I think it was charcoal and mint and the mint was kind of awful so I went with charcoal they had bathrobes or which caused a kerfuffle because of course the bathrobes are one sized and god forbid they not fit every size and that was a problem but i think you could also choose towels waffle weave towels i don't know it's a thing um clearly i am terrible at unboxings and no one should ever ask me to do an unboxing for them oh see look face stuff this is serum for, uh, yeah, I'm unlikely. Marula black currant carrot. Sounds delightful. I am unlikely to ever use this. It's beautiful though. I will probably save this for a holiday gift or possibly give it to my daughter who cares more about face things than I. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Then there was 
this was a choice product. This was the tease. So it's this really pretty big ass glass tea strainer. I have not used it yet because it's glass, which means I'll probably break it in 3.5 days. But it's got a lovely little infuser infuser for loose leaf which i do drink because i'm a tea snob so the other product was i believe this lovely little lantern that threw stars which i had brief fomo about but it was fine i'm really much happier with this even if it's likely that I'll break it. Let's be honest. I break everything. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of klutzy and I don't see well and I run into things. So it breaks eventually. It's fine. Okay. There was the reusable cotton rounds that came in a nice, you know, for something that cares about the environment. The packaging always strikes me as excessive. Um, but cotton rounds. So that's great. I will use these because I do at least wash my face, even if I don't put a whole bunch of crap on it. So cotton rounds, that's exciting. All right. And then the last one, that one was also a choice product, I think, with um, a bucket of basil. And I have like four planters of basil outside, so I did not need more basil. I also have a hard time growing basil inside. I'm sure it's just me who has a hard time growing basil inside. So then the last one, this was a choice product too, and I can't remember what the other options were, but this was de-stressing gel, and I have already used it, and it's lovely, and I will probably spend any amount of money on this to replace it when it runs out, because it smells like lavender and rosemary, and it's delightful, and I will use it forever. So presents. I bought myself presents. I loved them, I think. Yep, I'm pretty sure that was it. <clears throat> Look, it's a shitty time right now. Anything you can do to make things a little bit better and a little bit happier and a little bit more joyful, buy yourself some presents. As they go, subscription boxes are not terribly expensive. This one is quarterly. I think it's $50 a quarter. I will probably have a link for you because there's, I believe, if you sign up with my referral link, you get a special face cleaning thing that obviously I care a great deal about, but I have a referral link, so I'll give it to you. Um, buy yourself presents. It doesn't have to be a subscription box. It can be anything. I have a friend who regularly gives herself flowers every week in her pretty new office that she's renting for herself. There are things that you can do that make you feel pampered, even if you're doing them for yourself. And gifts are a great way, I think, to do that. It's one of my favorite ways. Oh no, I've lost my index card. It's disappeared. It's one of my favorite, there it is. It's one of my favorite ways to be nice to myself and to do something that makes me feel a little more normal. And this here 
time of, yeah. And is it consumerist? A little. Is presence exactly what we need? No. But I don't know what it is exactly that we need. We all need to feel better, though. So if feeling better is your goal, then this works. Here's another one I have for you. So I am often asked about my seasonal rhythms. This is a big deal for me. Everything has a little seasonal theme. Homeschool does, house cleaning does, when I pull things out and do things. And I wanted to talk today about my favorite new thing that I fairly recently found. So it's the 72 micro seasons. This is apparently an old Japanese tradition. And they break the four seasons up then into chunks and then chunks and then chunks again. So the micro seasons are typically five to seven, probably three to five to seven days, 72 can't be a week every week. So 72 micro seasons. Yesterday began the 47th micro season. And I, I don't know why this makes me so gleeful, but it does. The passage of time and the way that we mark it is really a part of our seasonal rhythms. And being able to have celebrations and traditions, that's important. I build them in very specifically for my kids. And I learned this long, long ago from a homeschooler that I have followed for well over a decade. She is Catholic and she does these beautiful seasonal things. And then she's got this weekly theme. And every week she takes kids to the apple orchard in September or the corn maze in October. It's all very standard and regimented and it just moves the kids through the seasons. I don't have the patience for that kind of crap. Like I love the traditions and I love the idea, but planning that many field trips makes me kind of funny in the brain. And especially right now, it's not like we're going anywhere. I'm not taking the kids to the orchard or the corn maze, which are some of the things that we might have done in the past. But because we're not doing those things, I wanted to find something else. So the 72 micro seasons, yesterday began the 47th season. It is, and it's Japanese, so it's all very poetic, right? The hibernating creatures close their doors. Isn't it lovely? And it's relatively true. I don't, for where I live, here in middle America, Omaha, Nebraska, the weather has started to change pretty abruptly. It's in, I think it's the high 70s today, but it's falling, falling, falling at night, and it's getting to be in the 50s. And what I've noticed of distinctly in the last 
couple of days is the absence of the locusts. So the singing insects are starting to go into their hibernation places. Maybe fall starts early for them. And there are a bunch of little thematic traditions around the micro seasons, specifically around food and harvest, especially this time of year. In the 47th season, typically new rice is available in Japanese markets. So this week I am planning to either make sushi, as best as one can, I might order. I might order. I might order. But I might make some rice and do something with it with the kids and we'll we'll talk about because I can't find new rice here anywhere in America. But all of these things are seasonal. We build them ourselves. We pattern them off of those who have lived around us. It's worth investigating, especially if you are in the Americas, what native cultures around you celebrated at this time of year, how they moved through the seasons locally. We got a lot of corn. We got a lot of harvesting going on right now. It's just a beautiful time of cleaning up and clearing out and bringing in the harvest. Autumn is one of my favorite times of year. So we are closing the hibernating creatures are closing their doors. It's so exciting. Okay. In addition to the micro themes, I also use, so harvest right now, this plays into how we eat seasonally. It's time to start introducing squashes and soups back into my diet. It is, I mentioned this last week, Libra season. So the clothes have started filtering out. I pulled out the warmer weather wear and started putting away my chiffon dresses. Very sad, very sad. And so it goes. <clears throat> Seasonal rhythms for me, for a lot of people, help mark passages in ways that allow us to feel a little bit better about all of the bullshit that is going on right now. And this is a really tough thing because we have to figure out ways to manage these things, to feel whole while just for example, our three-year-old is upstairs beating the crap out of something and we're on a Facebook Live and we have to pretend as though nothing is going on or that we don't want to just scream bloody murder at all of the children. Why? Why? Why can't somebody stop the small one from banging the things? This is apparently what I pay help for on Tuesdays and Fridays and it's going well, isn't it? Right? That's just my microcosm right there. 
for the rest of us. It's forest fires and politics and elections. And that's just the next month and a half. It's just all over a shit show. And while we can can do things, we can go, we can vote, we can make our voices known, on the macro level, we individually have very little control. We are, we are but threads in the tapestry. And so it's really important to maintain your perspective as the thread in the tapestry and build the holistic rituals within your own life that allow you to support yourself. So for me, that's micro seasons. That's honoring festivals and doing the things every single day, every single week that build little rituals for me and my family. Whatever it is for you, those are the things that you really need to cling to right now. And if you are feeling hopeless, if you are feeling like there are no options for you, then look to the resources of your ancestors who had just as many stresses, if not more than you, and somehow managed to, I don't know, make it through till another day. Okay. Next up, I got a really, really great question about where to go for work. I've gotten this one like three times this week. Where do we go for work for freelance writers that is not Upwork? And this is kind of the perennial question, right? Where do new writers and inexperienced practitioners go to find work that isn't a content mill? So I have a resource for this. I am finishing updating it today. It's briarharvey.com slash resources. I will drop it in comments eventually everywhere. The upshot of it is that I am walking you through potential job sites and some basic finer points. So let's talk about some of those things. The biggest one is where you go and you do not go to content mills. You do not go to Upwork. You do not go to Fiverr. There are, look, there are going to be a lot of people who will tell you that they can and do make money there and they can and do make money there. But the problem with sites like Upwork and Fiverr is that there's a barrier to entry. One, if you are not American, pretty much forget getting good work or getting offered anything of a reasonable pay rate. And aside from that barrier to entry, the other one is the way the services work do not favor new people on the platform. So if you're just starting out now, sure, see if you can set up a profile, but don't expect to get a lot of bites, especially without having to pay for connections, which is how Upwork gets you to thinking that it's this marvelous platform they'll give you connections for free and then you have to start buying in and buying your way to these conversations and connections. 
long term for freelance writers, you want to have a LinkedIn profile and it sucks because I'm not a huge fan of LinkedIn and I still am figuring out how to tweak LinkedIn content. I follow some amazing people who manage to, so here's my real issue. It's the keeping it pithy, right? It's the content limit really is difficult for me. But LinkedIn is absolutely a place to go. It's a place to find connections and it's a place to pitch because the average person is aware that LinkedIn is for business. So when you go and cold pitch someone in their inbox, while you may not get a return, everyone's there to kind of pitch and be pitched to. If you're not there to be pitched to, you may want to rethink your presence on LinkedIn because it doesn't do you any good there. Like, don't use social media if it doesn't actually help you. And if being pitched to or pitching isn't what blows you up or lights you up as a sales connection, then I would avoid LinkedIn like the plague. But if you're a writer and you can stomach it, you're going to find a lot of leads there. There's also InDash, and I think that's InDash.go. Again, it'll all be in the resource. Um, and it's an interesting platform. So it is a bid site like Fiverr, or Upwork in that you can potentially find jobs to bid on. More realistically though, what you use that platform for is to practice cold pitching because people will put up potential jobs. They will say that they are accepting offers, but you're there to make a pitch. So on InDash, on LinkedIn, you're looking to do cold pitching. And I have some cold pitching resources in the resource guide because there's a lot of different tricks and a lot of things that you need to learn about how to do it. But the most important thing, if you are a brand new freelance writer that I can recommend to you right now at this time, is to learn how to write a good headline. There's a couple of resources for this, like title generators, where you can go and you can put in your headline or subject line, depending on what you're writing, and it'll tell you what the score is. And you should do this over and over and over again. Not because the algorithm is particularly good at scoring, although some of them are better than others. I have two that I will link that I like. It's um, co-schedules and strikethroughs. And they both do a reasonably good job at identifying what words are in the headline that are going to be read. And with headlines, and subject lines. This is what's key. So there are lists floating out there. You're going to look up power words. And these are both algorithmically measured, but they're also tracked by click-through rates, right? The thing about copywriting is blessedly that there are metrics to track. There are so many numbers that we can find and track and figure out.
So we identify specific power words that get clicks. And those words are ideally now. Those are the words that you want to throw in without sounding like clickbait. And here's the real trick. Learning how to build a headline that is clickable, but that is not clickbait. And I think defining clickbait for me personally, the explanation that I like to give is that it is clickbait if I click through and the title does not lead to information that was in the title. If it's false, demonstrably or otherwise, if it's non-related, if it's using person place thing information to get you to click through that is actually not about person place thing all of that is clickbait so what we're looking to do instead is to i know this should be obvious but yet here we are in 2020 still having headline wars on social media so obviously this continues to be a problem what you want to look at is using words and uh, the numbers on this, whether I like them personally or not, because I don't actually like them personally, but the numbers on this are sad. Numbers rule. We like numbers in headlines. So if you can use a number, do organically. If it actually works for you, fit a number in there every time, whether you like it or not. I don't like it, but it works. If numbers don't work, then we're looking again for power words. We're looking for how-tos. We're looking for explanations. The subject line, the headline should always read as the most interesting fact about the article or piece that you are pitching so that people will read it. And when you are pitching for pay, headlines are about 90% of the ball game because you haven't actually written the piece yet. Most of the time on these sites, sites like InDash, sites like ProBlogger where you're looking at jobs, right? You have to send the email, you have to get them to click through, you've got to get them to read the headline and then they'll offer you work and then you'll write the piece. So with those things in mind, getting good at the headlines and practicing them over and over and over and over again is going to be the thing that's going to get you freelance writing dollars. It may not be a you may have to be willing to, and you have to set your standards. When I was just starting freelance writing, I was working at, I believe, 10 cents a word. And every time I got a new gig, I would increase my rate by a penny. So that every time I was making just a little bit more and a little bit more incrementally because you still have to build up your portfolio. You still have to create a body of work. For all of us in freelance writing, the thing to remember is that you are com competing against hundreds of people, potentially thousands. And so it is your body of work and your headlines that will allow you to stand out write good headlines, 
write a compelling email, have a good portfolio. You don't even have to have a website to get started. You just have to have some credits. Here I've written these things. Here's where you can read them. If you are just starting out, start publishing on Medium because that at least will give you published titles, even if they're your own. You can apply for publication rights on any of the Medium publications and sometimes you get through. Sometimes it'll get picked up by Medium and you'll get clicks and pay that way too. So it's a great way to hone your skills while you are doing the hard work of pitching. And the important thing to remember about pitching, it's, it's pretty brutalizing. You'll send a lot of emails. You'll get a lot of no's and you'll hear back from people even more frequently than you hear no. So while you're playing that numbers game, while you're really running through and continuing, continuing to repeat your options over and over and over, you are also doing the work of building up a content library separately. And whether you are an established writer or an entrepreneur who is looking to build out freelance credits, the work is pretty much the same. You want to have a portfolio, a body of work that you can use for guest publication so that you can make yourself known in entrepreneurial circles as well. So the work is the same. It runs a little bit differently, but this is how we build up a body of work credits, credentials, so that we can get paid for writing. And that is it for today, y'all. So that is, again, briarharvey.com slash resources. You can subscribe and it'll take you directly to my Notion page where I am building out this library. It's not finished yet. It'll be done next day or so. And I will send out an email when it is updated so that you can go and take a look. And if you found this particularly helpful, feel free to buy me some sad, lonely tacos. That's ko-fi.com slash briar. And I will see y'all on Friday. I have amazing topics. I can't remember what they are. But I'm sure. I'm, I promise. They're amazing because you guys ask amazing questions. As always, if you have a question for me, feel free to hit me up in my inbox and you can go to briarharvey.com slash ask dash briar to come and appear on the show live. And I would love to have you. All right, y'all talk to you later. Bye.